everyone and welcome to episode 29 of GameSpot After Dark. I'm Lucy James, hosting this week in lieu of Jake Decker, who is... In the loo. In the loo. <laughs> yes. Uh, joining me on the couch this week is Dave Klein. Hey. Callie Plaguey. Hello. And Peter Brown. Oh. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Oh, I didn't see it. <laughs> uh, so let's kick off this week before we get into what we've been playing slash watching slash doing because we mm. had the nice little holiday weekend. Nice. Oh, yeah, we did, huh? Yeah, three days of doing nothing. Uh, let's do the Chris from Dayton, Ohio segment 2.2. So the Chris from Dayton, Ohio segment is the basically like, who are you? What do you do? It's what we do get, for everybody who's new on who's the new. show. Yeah. Let's get get to know people. A, I, we should we haven't oh. really done it with the 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 song for a while. So a song created by Tamar Hussein, mm-hmm. written, composed, and performed by Tamar Hussein. But I will I will do a cover right now. But up up but up Chris. Uh, it has its own. Th- we should. I keep. I know. I say this every single time, but we should formalize that jingle. Get some musicians in. Go on Audio Network. Mm-hmm. Get some sweet backing tracks. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We can hire you know people who are make jingles for radio. Like that's a thing yeah, you can we do. Could, we could totally. Can I don't know what do the that? the budget is for that. <laughs> what company oh, can do we, we use work Fiverr? for again? Yeah. <laughs> do you have you know, Fiverr I bet here? we could use Fiverr. Just need a music. You know when you pay like five yeah. five bucks. There's no quality, no guarantee of quality with Fiverr. But, but is that what we're looking is that for what makes here it at funny. GameSpot After Dark? Yes. <laughs> I'm hosting this week. It's loose. Because <laughs> uh, Lucy? Exactly. Oh. Uh, so the Christmas Dayton, Ohio segment. We're now up to Christmas Dayton, Ohio 2.2 with the patch notes uh, from Kevin, uh, who sends these in. And this is basically 20 questions to get to know you. We're going to do them rapid fire. Uh, Callie, you and I have done these and yes. answered these before. Uh, the patch notes for this week is uh, question 10, uh, Kevin's added SMG to cover all usual options. Mm. Question 20, he's added Kamiya after winning our fan poll. Naturally. Minor bug fixes and improvements. And he's actually <laughs> proofread it to make Jake, Jake Jake's life easier. Jake's. <laughs> Jake really Jikes. just can't read. I, yeah, so the, Me neither. So for clarification, Chris from Dayton, Ohio, originally was the person who asked us basically, who the hell are you? <laughs> yes. I love that email so much. And then Kevin has iterated upon it with rapid fire questions. And that is what. All right. But Where's Kevin from? Kevin, you know, is from Kevin is from West Hartford, Connecticut. Ke- 06107. That's where I was born. I grew up in West Hartford, Connecticut. No, seriously. I'm not Whoa! joking around. That's ridiculous. Well, we don't even need the 20 questions at this point. Do you know, uh, Kevin's surname is N E J F E L T. Neshfelt? Neshfelt? I know you, Kevin. I, I, grew up, I grew up on Pine Brook Lane right near Duffy Elementary School. This is ridiculous. Somebody's getting doxxed. <laughs> Sorry. I just like, wow. That's wild. No one ever talks about West Hartford. Um, well, the way we did this the first time we did the the two point, the first 2.0 before mm-hmm. the patches, uh, we did it like in a, in a row answering the question. Yeah. Okay. So I'll ask the question, Dave, you answer, and then Peter, you And I'll just sit here and, mm. and um, smile. Okay. You you can just like approvingly nod, yeah, which w- wouldn't help you if you're listening to the audio version of this podcast. Hi, Kevin. But they'll know. They'll know she's they'll approvingly know. nodding or shaking her head. Just watch mm. the video version on YouTube. Approvingly like shaking her head. Got to plug sure. it. I'm shook. Yes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Number one in MMOs: DPS, healer, or tank. Mm, DPS. DPS. In Pokemon: grass, fire, or water starter. Water. Grass. Uh, number three: Sonic or Mario. 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 <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's a joke you won't get unless you watch the video version where Peter 
Made did a the weed thing. Did the weed thing. Uh, Gamespot.com slash, I mean, YouTube.com slash. Number four, Life is Strange, Walking Dead, Gone Home, or What Remains of Edith Finch? I've only played Walking Dead, so I'll go with that. What Remains? Number five, a game that's made you the angriest. Oh, Dark Souls. Stella Deus. No, Disco Elysium. I, maybe I'll talk about it. I'm Ooh. angry at the writing. Okay, let's oh, move on. we'll come back to that. Ooh, Dave's here for a fight. Uh, number six, Mortal Kombat or Street Fighter? Street Fighter. Street Fighter. Seven, Halo, Overwatch, Quake, Siege, or Call of Duty? Call of Duty. Quake. Uh, eight, Most Desired Smash Ultimate Edition. Like, what do you mean in terms of edition of Smash Ultimate? Like, like a character. Like character. A, oh, character? Mm-hmm. Gino, now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Disc-Kun. Wait, no. Phoenix Wright. I take it back. Oh, okay. Uh, number nine, linear or open world? Linear, usually. Don't know. I don't oh. know. Mm. <laughs> I don't 10. know you now. <laughs> I feel like I don't know you at all. Number ten, in first person ga- shooter games, shotgun, SMG, assault rifle, or sniper rifle? Shotgun. Assault rifle. Uh, eleven, co-op, single player, or multiplayer? Single player. Single player. Twelve, Xbox, PlayStation, Nintendo, PC, or Ouya? <laughs> Ouya. I'm going Ouya. Uh, Nintendo. If it's only those, PlayStation. Uh, 13. Ooh, unlucky for some. Favorite controller ever? Uh, oh. Actually, the Switch controller, because I, I hold it like this. For people who can't see, I, I just do the ultimate lounge position with my arms completely apart. Oh, nice. So I love that I can do that with the Switch controller. Nice. Uh, the Super Nintendo controller, I guess. 14, Pop-Tarts or Toaster Strudel? Pop-Tarts. Toaster Strudel. Ooh, I smell a sitcom. <laughs> uh, 15, is it cheating if a friend tells you how to beat a part you're stuck on? Nah. No. 16, is it cheating if you save scum? Nah. I mean, well, hold on. What is cheating, really? <laughs> no. I don't know. I've been on R slash relationships, or... and apparently everything is cheating. No, no. Save scumming because you're only using the tools you were given. Right. So. Gotcha. If you put on big head mode, that's cheating. But save scumming, okay. So, yeah, like, action replay is one thing. Anyway, yes. Sorry. Uh, Daniel Dwyer or Dan. Okay. For, for 2.3, that's not how you spell Riker. <laughs> but <laughs> Dan Riker. Riker. You can plead the fifth on this. Is that the right one? I, I plead the fifth, yeah. Is that the right? I don't know. Daniel Dwyer, because he That's has... That's the right amendment, yes. Thank you. He, he, he knows too many things about me. So, Daniel Dwyer. <laughs> uh, 18, game on a couch or at a desk? Couch, 100%. Couch. Or, I mean, I would like also a bed to be at a yeah, desk. Yeah, Because yeah, some bed. of us have to... Bed wins. I don't have a couch I... in my room. 19, uh, favorite gaming snack? Oh, None. I don't, I don't like eating while I game. Get your hands messy. Garrus Vicarian. Smart food. <laughs> smart food. Yeah. yeah those, Woo. That smart food gang out here. Uh, <laughs> and finally, Miyazaki, Kamiya, Sakurai, Miyamoto, Kodaka, or Kojima? Uh, oof. Hand- Miyazaki like a- or Miyamoto? I- I'm going to go, since I'm a Dark Souls guy, I'll go with Miyazaki. But it's, it's such a toss-up. Mm. I'll go with Miyazaki now. Currently Miyazaki. Only me, uh, sorry, only Kojima because there's no one else really like him. That's true. I heard he was like pleasant in the office, like really wonderful to be around when he was here. He's great. He was great. Mm-hmm. I um, was surprised with the number of people that he and um, Shinkawa brought with them. Yeah. It was like eight. Do you want to just, it in Kodaka-san's defense, mm-hmm. not defense, but just like the, I, the reason Kodaka's even on that list is because I was like, Kodaka! Um, because uh, Kodaka made Danganronpa, 
Mm-hmm. And I interviewed nice. Kodaka once and I was like, uh, what do you think about like, because Kodaka's whole thing was like, I just kind of made a game that I would like mm-hmm. and I yeah. didn't think that it would have such a like a huge fan base. I was like, well, what do you think about all the people who love this game so much? And he was like, I don't see them as fans. I see them as Nakama. Oh, right. And I was like, right, right. what does that mean? That's the coolest thing I've ever heard. Nakama is like comrades. I guess oh, okay. Is Wait, hold up, hold up, hold up. It's just like some Fast and Furious bullshit where it's like, I don't <laughs> have family. friends. Yeah. <laughs> They're family. They're family. They're people, family. People who love that high school murder shit were Nakama. Hey. I mean, I'm, I mean speaking of high school dope. murder shit, I'm literally <laughs> wearing a, a Zodiac Killer shit that my roommate bought me from the Alamo. So Callie, you're, you're a Dangan Rampo fan, I'm assuming? Nine 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 or Danganronpa? Danganronpa over nine nine nine. Yes. Okay. Mm. I, I would have said Yasumi of- Matsuno. Just want to put that out there. Oh, we could also we could get that added in. Okay, so two point three, Kevin. You got your your work cut out for you. Was that all of them? That was all of them. That was twenty. That was rapid fire. Um, Here's a question for Kevin. Kevin, mm-hmm. what uh, high school did you go to? Connor <laughs> Chieftain. No, exactly, Connor Chieftains or Hall. I don't know what the Hall mascot was because it was just blue. That's all I have to say. Kind of also, let's go. Kevin, what's your home address? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, don't actually email us your home please address. Don't. No, please don't. No, please don't. Yes. But, you know, I do enjoy that you've got this little that's so romance cool. uh, Yeah, I feel like the significance is not really being celebrated here. But no, that, that's, that's really that's, cool. That's nuts to me. Especially, yeah. like A small it, town in a small state. Yeah. It's very small. It's not like it was like, we're both from New York City. No. Like, yeah. you know, it's, to be fair, I find that really weird when... Um, for me being in america because i still can't get over how big it is yeah whenever i run into someone that i know on the street i'm like oh my god <laughs> because it's just it's, you can't get anywhere that's not oh yeah in, in, yeah, in yeah. such a short I, period of time. like back in the uk if i was in london if i wanted to go see my mum, it's three hours on a train if you go three first of all are there trains here I don't know. Not really. <laughs> if you go I mean, three yes, hours in any direction, you're still in the same bloody state. I think it's just LA to San Diego is the only train I really know. I don't know. We have There's the some. Amtrak, but it's yeah. like it's like a whole thing. I think I tried to take it once, and then we ended up getting a bus instead. Yeah, I really, yeah. Um, I'm really a big, I'm really just, I'm so into public transit now. Like I'm really like a train person. I'm like, we need the high speed rail. I just we're gonna uh, have a train. I mean, that I just train would have been the, incredible. Uh, Elon Musk like. Um, like the tube. I want the tube from San Francisco to LA. The way he, oh, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, way the he's really like whittled it down now is just like, you say man tube. It's like, yeah, literally like one or two people at a time. Can really? Because like yeah, the cause last one I saw, the test had like a, a passenger car. That, uh, at least that was the idea. It was, that was the idea, but I think like now it's one or two a year people. ago, the execution or the, it was like a car. the concept was like, yeah, we could fit yeah. like a car that fits in here with like a couple people <laughs> that could go just that like fast. Just like Futurama. I'm fine with it. Yeah, so, just like Futurama. Mm, right. I'm still fine with that. Yeah, because when you said tube, I thought you meant you can't the, the London. Tube. No, the oh, London the London tube. tube. Oh yeah, no, we'll never have public transportation that nice. No, it's not. Never say never. I mean, good point. The infrastructure here is not built for it. No, well, I still, I still find we it. Don't, we, we don't have any like, gaps to mind. That's really the issue. If we had more gaps. <laughs> gaps to mind. All right, what have you all been playing slash watching slash doing um, this week? Dave, let's start with you. Uh, I've finished Disco Elysium. Mm-hmm. I don't want to talk about that. I don't like it that much, and everyone else <gasps> loves it. So let's talk about the fact that I'm playing Hollow Knight on Steel Soul mode, which is permadeath mode. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's been intense. I played Hollow Knight last year for the first time. Picked it up again for the flight, actually, because mm-hmm. I'm here from L.A. Um, just started. I was like, what's Steel Soul mode? I don't know what this is. 
I haven't played the game in a year, and it's just it's like a whole new way to experience it. It's such a good game. I like, and it's also the perfect way to prep for uh, Silk Song coming out. Mm-hmm. Uh, for everyone who hasn't played Hollow Knight, it's like a, it's a Metroidvania style game with like Dark Souls infused in a way, and it's just it's really good. Because your history is you started as a, a Soulsborn YouTuber, and then you came to work with us. But you work on Games Universe, which is our entertainment team. Yes, you still dip your toe into Soulsborn every so often. I mean. I, I'm just more of a general game. Like, I majored in video game design mm. and computer science. Oh. I worked at Polaris. I worked at Machinima. I've done a lot of game stuff. Because Tam knew you when you got hired. Um, he was like, wait, yeah. mine? I know yeah. that name because Tam's <laughs> obviously a huge Soulsborne guy. Yeah, yeah. So, like, my YouTube channel, I got known for Soul stuff, Soulsborne mm-hmm. stuff. Um, but now I've kind of branched out because, I mean, there's not much Soulsborne stuff. There's Sekiro, but I mean, like... Um, games I, I like games in general, so it's nice to branch out. Mm. But yeah, Hollow Knight's just like... Ah, so good for anyone who hasn't played it. It's like one of the best indie games of the past 10 years, I think. Mm. Uh, A friend of mine, uh, they're a couple, and uh, they both have matching Hollow Knight tattoos. It's very Mm. cute. That's great. I like that. Do you find playing it on Switch uh, portably is significantly different than, say, playing it like on a screen with a normal controller? I mean, I played it for the first time on my Switch, but on a TV, so it's hard for me to compare that much. I mean, like, I guess portably... It's a little bit easier because my TV cuts off the screen a bit. So oh, weird. Yeah. Um, and also, actually, the nice thing about playing it portably is that since I play my Switch like this, as I mentioned, with my arms completely across or like, like spread out. Like one joy-con in each hand. Yeah. It's like sometimes I accidentally press the controller diagonally without realizing it. Sure. So that's the downfall when you're playing a game like Celeste. I've had so many oh. screw-ups where I wanted to throw the controller yeah. because of that. Mm-hmm. But Hollow Knight, when you're playing it like handheld, you never screw up because you're holding the controller normally. So gotcha. that's like... The only difference I can note is that that I holding a controller oh, normally. Is that, like, so that's if nice. you really want to get get lazy, oh, then I am, you're gonna have problems. I am so loungy with my Switch. It's the best. I mean, I would find a way to screw up Hollow Knight anyway. I think Hollow Knight intimidates me so much. I haven't played it. It's like, actually, I, have it. I, I own it. I feel like it has a fairly times. good learning curve, though. You it's not so? like so intense. It does. I think so. I started playing it, and I had no real knowledge of it. Uh, and what it was really like and I started playing it I got immediately discouraged and then I watched um, Mark Brown Game yeah. Maker's Toolkit he did a really great series uh, he did a couple on Hollow Knight and I was like oh, I really want to it's just now yeah. in the unfortunate backlog of right my, yeah I mean that play. gets so big backlogs but yeah for anyone who knows Hollow Knight I never play my Switch on the Muni mm, that's yeah. fair I don't trust San Francisco <laughs> Speaking of public transit, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but for anyone who knows Hollow Knight, I literally, right before recording this, just finished the Mantis Lords, so, and nice. I just started playing it yesterday, so. Damn. We'll see where I get to mm-hmm. before yeah. I die and then never want to play permadeath mode again. <laughs> <laughs> this is like, you do it once, you're like, never again. Mm-hmm. I got too far, wasted too much time. Yeah. But it's intense. It's I, I don't know, I like that. I like when games, but I guess that's why I like Dark Souls, but I mm-hmm. like the challenge of it when like everything matters so much and you get to that critical moment. It's like, I like games with lives, for example, like Mega Man. And a lot of people don't like that, but I like when it's so intense when you have one life left and you're like, everything matters so much and nothing can really replicate that feeling. And that's what permadeath mode feels like. Mm. So it's fun to me in that regard. I'm sure I'll get frustrated when I die, but until then it's like, it's you're so focused in on it. Mm. It's great. Damn. Yeah. Can, you are selling Hollow Knight to me, but I am playing bloodborne at the moment so oh well you know bloodborne's better honestly oh then that, wow <laughs> I'm I, sure feel tam- tam- life cheering in the back. I feel validated my choice what hey, back to me? i'm sure tam did tam sell you on bloodborne was it all tam i'm waiting for him the voice of god because he is in voice the control room damn fear the old blood 
<laughs> he said, fear the old blood if you can't pick yes. that up. No, um, I'll, I'll, I'll slip in. My eyes are yet to open, but your eyes will open. Mm-hmm. No, because I keep, I keep starting Bloodborne. I've yeah. started it multiple, multiple times. Um, and I'm playing it with someone right now. So we're doing past the controller uh, whenever we die. Um, person I'm playing with has finished it. But I, because I've started the game so many times, I know the opening areas really like suspiciously well. Yeah. And so I'm like, oh, we need to go around here and find this bit. And But the way that I'm approaching it, I think after playing Sekiro is that I'm like actively being more careful, but yeah. also more aggressive, if that makes sense. I mean, Bloodborne kind of forces you to be aggressive since you don't have yeah. a shield though. So. To get, to get your right. health back. But I mean, there were times when I used to play it where I would just, I'd, I'd back up and I'd mess up my stamina yeah. and I would just do everything I could to get out of dodge rather than now. When I'm playing, I'm actively going, okay, two hits, dodge. Yeah. Like, recover, not recover, but sort of reset a little right. bit. And then, so I'm, I'm enjoying it. We're kind of blasting through it. I feel like From Software games really prep you for other From Software games. Yeah, you know, totally. Like you playing Sekiro. You're more yeah. prepped for Bloodborne now. Yeah, it's weird because yeah. I'm kind of like working backwards. Uh, H-Bomber Guy did a really great video about how Bloodborne similarly teaches you how to play Dark Souls yeah, in that it encourages it you to be more aggressive when you're playing Dark Souls instead of just turtling behind a shield. Yeah, it's more fun to play that way too, yeah. I think. Are you laughing at turtling? Yes. <laughs> I was like, what did I miss? <laughs> yeah, I know. I said, it, on a I said it and then I felt bad. Callie, what have you been playing? Um, I mean, I... Or I've doing just, or seeing? I, being. Briefly, I will say um, I have been trading on Pokemon Home and this mm-hmm. is kind of like mm. a newsy thing because... Pokemon Home added, um, you can now get like abilities on Pokemon you couldn't get before. Mm. So um, like an example is uh, Clefable, uh, you couldn't get its hidden ability in Sword and Shield. I'm not sure why. I don't know what the reasoning is because there's other Pokemon you can get their hidden abilities just fine. Um, So I've been going in Pokemon Home and like searching these hidden ability Pokemon that you couldn't get before Mm. to get them into my game to like trade with people. So I got a bunch i got like i got a hidden ability clefable and a hidden ability like it's not it's not interesting sorry but anyway it is I've been interesting doing i've said this before i love hearing you talk about pokemon i i i mean i just like we get emails about how much people love hearing I you talk about pokemon just, i have a lot of fun i really like competitive pokemon and for valentine's day my boyfriend uh bred me a shiny pokemon wow which was like it took him he said he added 20 hours to his save just doing that but he was like i did leave it on for a little while so it probably wasn't full 20 hours but um it was like one that i wanted and so now i'm like figuring out how i'm gonna train it um that's, so that's it's fun that's incredible i feel like i play every other pokemon game and i play them in depth when i play them and i've still never gotten a single shiny so to me that's incredibly impressive my first shiny pokemon that i got like just I happened to encounter it was in Alpha Sapphire. So after like 15 years of playing Pokemon games, I finally encountered a shiny and it was a Whismur. And then, (laughs) but I did find a shiny in Shield, like a Pokemon can like charge at you, right? In in Sword and Shield. And uh, I wasn't looking, I was like, I'll play in between rounds of like Siege or something sometimes um, because we still play Siege for fun. And I'll like, I'll be playing and uh, I wasn't looking, I was doing something else. And then when I looked down, a Sableye was running at me and it was shiny and it like charged at me. And then I got, I was like, ah, oh, shit. And then I didn't, I like tried to dodge it. I didn't. And then it was shiny. And I was like, 
I, li- I just screamed. I, I, was, I was like, so. Um, Did you just open your arms like, charge me. Yeah, Come I was like, me. now I'm going to let every Pokemon that tries to attack me, attack me. Um, but uh, I've since, this is the first game where I've actually tried to breed shiny Pokemon. Um, well, I, I guess I I caught some shiny Pokemon in uh, Let's Go because it was kind of easy. It was like mm. the easiest mm. shinies that you could get in the in the series. Um, and then I bred a shiny EV for an Umbreon because they were like Umbreon and you can make it competitive if you want to and um, now I have a shiny Zigzagoon which is what I really wanted it looks like a clown I love the, the Zigzagoon he named it Aww. guess what he named it I Ziggy? know this it's very cute Daisy well, not- <laughs> yeah. I said cute oh. but I mean like in our in world. our true mm. crime loving world fair he named it Gacy like Aww. the serial killer <laughs> who dressed as a clown so that's True romance for you. <laughs> Other than that, um, I saw Snowpiercer Ooh, oh, for the first time. I like Snowpiercer. How'd you like it? You did or I, did not? I do. Yeah. So I feel like Parasite kind of ruined me for other Bong Joon-ho films because... But I haven't seen Memories of Murder yet. I haven't either. I saw this like Netflix one. That's other than Parasite. Okja. Okja, yeah. I don't, I, I'm not going to watch Okja. I don't, I, that's just going to upset me. But um, Snowpiercer, I felt like it, it's very much like a 80s high concept mm-hmm. kind of movie, apocalyptic. And I did not enjoy it for like 75% of the movie. Mm. I thought the acting was kind of bad. <gasps> Chris Evans. I have no affinity for Chris Evans. <clears throat> the best Chris. Same. I kind of fell off that movie. Yeah. yeah, I liked the ending. I did, and I'm glad I saw it through the end. But okay. I, but I was just like, did you both love Parasite too, and didn't like? Oh, it was my favorite uh, movie last okay. year. I loved. Uh, yeah, Parasite it's, was my favorite. Movie. Maybe Snowpiercer is worth a rewatch on my end. Yeah. But I didn't get through the movie. So you talk about the ending. Like I don't, oh, I don't actually yeah. know how to react to that because I actually felt three quarters of the way through kind of bored with Snowpiercer. Mm. Mm. And it's hard for me to articulate why now because I watched it when it kind of mm. came out, which is mm. a long time ago. But the but, TV, the TV show is coming up very soon. That's great. Is, I'm really curious because I, I don't know how that's going to translate. The world building of it. So Snowpiercer is about like a like the world has frozen over and the last survivors of humanity live on a train and it's always moving and it's a it's basically just like class dynamics the movie, mm-hmm. um, but condensed into this small space. And I, you know, I kind of hate Tilda Swinton. <gasps> I find her so <laughs> so in that case, yeah, definitely don't watch the year, I think. I, I is it controversial? I just don't, I just don't like yeah, her. I don't know. I, I like how quick. Pretty well beloved, I think. I'm so yeah. curious about Snowpiercer though, because like I didn't like Okja. I, I really yeah. I disliked Okja, and I thought like I like Parasite. I don't, it was honestly it was my favorite movie of the year, but I, it was good. So like mm-hmm. genuinely really well crafted movie. But Snowpiercer's trailers are good, so that's where I'm like, ooh, the trailers the, are intriguing. My favorite Snowpiercer fact, and I liked the scene too. There's a scene with a fish. Yes. And if you've seen the movie, you'll know the scene. Unless you didn't get that far. I don't know if you saw the fish. I, just, I don't remember much about the yeah. movie now, to be honest. It's been so long. But apparently, a certain wrongin who was involved in the... Big wrongin. In the production. If you watch the movie, you'll also know who it is because it's his production company that produced it. Uh, didn't want the scene in the movie. And Bong Joon-ho was like, it's a tribute to my late father, who was a fisherman. And then this producer was like, okay, mm-hmm. I'll let you leave the scene in the movie. And then Bong Joon-ho, after the movie came out, was like, psych, my father was a fisherman. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's cool. Another unfortunate uh, thing about that producer is one of the last films that was released by his production company when all the allegations came out was uh, Paddington 2. 
Oh, one of the best movies. One of the best wonderful movies ever made. Uh, With an unfortunate, but you know, Paddington's so good and wholesome that he that that helps. It helps. Oh bother! No, (laughs) (laughs) what you've been. I'm gonna skip past you for that. Now, what have you been doing? Playing, seeing? Um, you know, honestly, I I haven't been playing as much as I I would like to say. Uh, I've been more doing, but still around games. Mm -hmm. Um. I think for the past like two years i've been really into tinkering with electronics and mm. every month that evolves into me taking a new console and figuring out okay what is the community developed around it can i install this mod using esoteric knowledge that's really not available in the places that you'd think when you're buying a product you think you'd get instructions how to do it and it's like no not really so lately uh, I've been focusing on the world of Game Boy Advance. Um, there's been some new developments with like the sort of screens you can install um, on the Game Boy Advance. Yeah, yeah. So well, it's actually a, applies to all lines of Game Boy now, but there are IPS screens that you can put in. In the past, we had like backlit LCD screens that you could say take out of the second version of the Game Boy Advance mm. SP and put into the first one, which had front lit stuff, or you could put it into an older Game Boy Advance and have the backlit on there. The IPS panels are higher resolution, so you get a crisper image, 180 degree pretty much viewing angle, and just super sharp contrast. Uh, It's been really nice. It's been really fun to play with old consoles and handhelds and get new things out of them using technology developed by the community that really loves this stuff. So is there a Game Boy Advance community? Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Every system, even something like the 3DO recently, had a really big, like, hey, we've got RGB mods out now for the 3DO, which... RGB is sort of like uncompressed analog video where each color channel gets its own dedicated signal versus something like composite that takes red, green, and blue and the sync line, which tells the TV where to put it all in one. And that's why composite's not that good. Mm. So yeah, tapping into to stuff for old consoles, it really depends on is the community there and are the engineers there to help support that mm. community? And pretty much every system has that right now. So uh, the next one I'm kind of looking forward to is consoleizing a virtual boy mm-hmm. yeah um, people have installed for the past year or so kits into a virtual boy where you basically tap into one of the screens from one of the eyes and you can now put it to your tv or computer monitor uh but now someone has built a 3d case where you take all the guts out of the virtual boy put it in there and you can now put stuff like that do you and think that would work with the virtual boy games because a lot of them really did try to harness in on that 3d factor some of them did. It, I mean, uh, some of them didn't, but some of them did. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's that critical, to be honest mm. with you. There are only. I'm going to misrepresent the number here, but like 24 Virtual Boy games. I know it's so small. They're not. A, they're not a yeah. ton. For for me, it's it's part of it is playing the games. Part of it is interfacing with the technology in a modern way and in a way that's very hands on for me. Um, like for example, when I first started modding systems, I screwed up this pretty valuable Japanese system, and. And I kind of took that as a learning experience, also was upset about it. But now about two years later, I was like, I'm going to open this thing up. And I thought it was long gone, but maybe I can fix it. It wasn't like I did some things wrong. It was like I broke off components, like things got mangled. I was able to revive it. And, and that was like, not just for the value of the hardware, which does matter, but the idea that like, you know, these hands, like I can, you know, <laughs> I can, <laughs> um, I, I yeah it, it, it's super gratifying and fulfilling um but if i'm going to talk about you know modern stuff which i should be on this podcast i think it's like dreams is the thing right now in mm-hmm. front of me that i'm very interested by and not even in terms of right now i think dreams is going to be a, a thing 
you know, like Little Big Planet lasted for an entire generation, had three games and whatever. We don't need that from Dreams. Dreams is today what it needs to be tomorrow. Yeah. And they can still add fold in new technology. And it's a wonderful, in my experience, platform for expression. And um, that's pretty cool. I am curious to see what Dreams yields. Because I feel like Little Big Planet was so within Little Big Planet. You know, like you had the game, and only if you're a big Little Big Planet fan that. That runs together, mm. but like if you were a little Big Planet fan, that's the only way you really experience those like creative, um, you know, what people created for the game. I'm hoping Dreams goes beyond that. Yeah, and and I think maybe this is partially what you're saying, but like I hope Dreams stops being a product you have to buy separate yeah. from being a PlayStation owner. I think heading into a new generation, like what a what an offer to give people like hey there's a game engine into this console yeah. that you yeah. have access to and anything else anyone else is making or playing go for it this idea of dream surfing is is really special but i think like little big planet like the strength of that series and it's the popularity of it online was oh this guy made a calculator can you believe they did something so complicated sure they're not little big planet fans but they'll show up for that video to mm. watch that with dreams it's it it seems to be a bit more intangible. Like what's going to be impressive in dreams? It doesn't necessarily have to be elaborate. It can be something super simple that just communicates emotion in a very sincere way with an effective delivery. And um, yeah, it, I've just like seen some things that are, that are really cool. Like, like for example, someone's built like a clone of Wipeout, the racing game. Mm-hmm. Oh, and that in and of itself game. is like, self is like, Oh sick. Yeah. That ship is modded super modeled super well. I get the sense of speed from that game. But then you then you start to notice like what are these billboards for like all around the level, and those billboards in this particular game are actually other creations in dreams. Oh, that's, oh, that's cool. That they're sharing. Yeah, that's you know, so cool. Things that have taken on a life of their own mm-hmm. within this this universe of creation. That obviously, until you're embedded in it, it's not going to mean anything to you. Mm-hmm. But when I think of like an ecosystem of of games where the community is sort of tapped into it. The potential for dreams is almost immeasurable and it's it's crazy this game has been in development for the entire span of the playstation 4's life cycle for the most mm-hmm. part probably going back a little bit further here we are finally getting it like on the dawn of ps5 like sure ps4 will be relevant but it almost feels like you know a game is only relevant for a certain amount of time if it comes out we'll talk about it if it doesn't yeah. well have you eclipsed your relevance I think some people feel that way about dreams, and I feel like that's uh, unfortunate. I feel like they had a very difficult time telling people what it was. Of course, yeah. because it sounds very, you know, I think even in the office we're talking about mm-hmm. it, and it's all people can think about when they talk about it, in my experience, is, oh, well, making the games isn't going to be as intuitive, or you're not going to make something that's as good as what a game developer makes. David Jaffe has a video on YouTube where, in my opinion, he very short-sightedly says, like, no one's going to give a shit about this because if they're buying it to play games... You know, they're not going to get things that they're expecting for the $60 purchase. And if they're actually good at making games, they're not going to make them in dreams. They're going to make them in like, you know, whatever. But I think this is not about making games that pass the litmus test of what's a great game. It's it's creating something that you can communicate to someone else in a way that you can't do via text, via video, Mm -hmm. via whatever. It's an interactive experience. The sky's the limit in a lot of ways with dreams. And like, no, I I just I'm so I don't know, like, what the fuck is that going to 
bear. Like, a lot of people got jobs out of creating mods for Warcraft Three and Starcraft. Sure. So I actually do wonder if things like Little Big Planet and Dreams. Oh, they already have. It's already people are getting yeah, jobs from who, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah people so. who worked on Little Big Planet in the community definitely yeah. have jobs Same that for Dreams. So, so yeah, I mean, Same I guess like in that regard, like I mean, I wish I had something like that when I was a kid. So mm-hmm. I feel like at least like there's there's a really good entry level way to show what you can do if you have interest without needing to know programming and all the mm-hmm. you know the back end which is nice yeah mm-hmm. and then also to peter's point like seeing what people create outside of the limitations of other systems or like outside of the limitations of the market for making games mm-hmm. too like i mean i i haven't really messed around with it too much but i i saw somebody just recreated the stardew valley like pelican town mm-hmm. in yeah. 3d yeah, with the music, mm. and you can just walk around, and like it's not—it's not like a game. You just get to walk right. around, and mm. that's one of my favorite games of all time. And it was just cool. Like I, yeah, I—that was just a cool thing. And but there's also like meme shit too. You know, there's like you seen the Joker game? No, but it's, I saw the the one where you start off in a little medieval town, and then a huge sh- Shrek mm. drops oh, out of the sky <laughs> and says, "What are you doing?" In my small. The Joker one, as uh, Greg was tweeting about it the other day, uh, Greg Miller, he, it's, uh, you basically control Joker, sort of like Quop, coming down the staircase. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's just the whole thing. And that's what a perfect little meme yeah vignette yeah. to that's make. That's fantastic. But then also there's, you know, there's really heartfelt things, people expressing themselves. I think it's, and, and I know that, like, there's a lot of curation that goes into it, too, like, there like, is some, yes. There's, there's like kind of like, is there like a home, not pa- home the page, but like a the dream verse, dreamy verse. There's like dream surfing where you can like search for stuff and find. So, so yeah, surfing is the general term for just literally like I want to engage with games and move and move through them in different ways. Um, and I think the sort of stuff you're describing, right? Like, oh yeah, I want to find the Sonic levels. I want to. Oh, is there one based on this game I love or like a mm-hmm. meme? And like, that's going to be one side of this game's story, which mm-hmm. is how it facilitates social engagement around things that people already love. There's the other side of it that is the very personal experience that I don't think is going to be very easy to communicate to others Mm. because something, you know, you have an emotional reaction to something that clearly is just like intangible and describable in a way. Yeah. It looks like crap. It doesn't play well. Like, you know, maybe, but, but you get, you get something from that. Mm -hmm. That's going to be the thing that I think gives dreams its longevity. That's going to be somewhat, undefined in like the mainstream perspective of what dreams is mm-hmm. i mean the fact that it's by default called a game fundamentally shows that people aren't well maybe it's not marketed properly as well but yeah like i don't know dreams can be so many things it can mm-hmm. it can yeah. be a social media platform it can be an outlet it can be a source of reconciliation or relations and it's i don't know it's a I, I, like that's that's the sort of thing I'm really excited about right now. I, uh, I'm I'm waiting for big games to come, obviously. But Dreams is this thing that seems to be just like bubbling beneath the surface of, like like no one's like excited for Dreams, and I'm just mm-hmm. like, why? I wish, I wish there was a little bit more something of that. Mm-hmm. Um, like it, it, I guess for transparency, like I did an interview with Shabon Reddy, like one of the the heads of Media Molecule. She was like co-founder and. And the whole conversation was, how do you bring this game across a generation? <laughs> like, how does that feel mm-hmm. to finally release it? Her emotions were effective, but it was the stuff they were telling me about the community where they literally started crying, like, in our meeting. Uh, Abby, uh, I feel Happy. so bad. Sorry? Abby Happy. Abby Happy, Oh, yes. Abby Happy? Yeah, she, she works wrote, for that team? She yeah. does now, yeah. Oh, that's so cool. So she's on the community side, I believe. Yes. Yeah, yeah. She actually started crying, like, in our oh. meeting, just talking about the sort of things that, that happen because they there's, like, a hashtag that goes around and people can, like, latch onto it to share their stuff and... 
And it just sounds like, I mean, video games can be so calculated and cold and entertainment based and frivolous in a lot of ways and, um, and very personal just to you. And it's hard to really share something unique between people. Mm -hmm. And it was like, God, this thing exists here that just does that provides that platform for people to connect. And I think my issue with dreams is being a curmudgeon, old man and being like, I didn't have that when I was a kid and I'm jealous and I'm <laughs> angry because I want, I wish I had that when I was a kid. Sure. Yeah. You know, uh, I guess lastly to, to what Callie was saying, the, the dream surfing stuff, you can turn it on auto. So it takes you to random things. Mm. That's really all I want to use dreams for. I have no sure. interest in making something myself, mm. but to see a random glimpse into, into someone different than me and like what they want to say, like mm. maybe they're not all going to be good, mm. but but they like Mario Maker levels. You know, there's some really brilliant ones that shine, and then there's yeah. like, wow. Oof. Yeah, but the variables are so controlled in Mario Maker, right? Like mm-hmm. dreams, yeah. it's like you don't know what you're gonna get. You have That's no true. Idea. And like, no idea. I think one of the most beautiful things about that is giving people the freedom to make bad art. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I think it's just I, deviant art. The game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I, I really think it's. I think it's important for people to feel comfortable making bad things. Like make bad art. Like have your shitty creation but like mm. make something say something and yeah. i feel like people don't often especially with art i, I mean I, people really don't it's hard to make money creating things it's it's just something people don't really get a lot of support for and and so i i think it's really special obviously you have to, you have to buy in the 60 dollars in the ps4 but like it's nice to not have to worry about like am i gonna get paid for this like it's mm. it's it's just like i get to make my my bad thing that i just want to make the big question in my mind now is like, are bad things worth preserving? Of course they are Yeah. for some people, mm. but not everyone controls what happens, what they make in dreams. It's the one thing I regret not really asking Siobhan mm. is like, mm. so what happens 10 years from now when dreams mm. die is like, yeah. if it di- you know, whatever, like yeah. it could continue, but I mean, like yeah. granted little big planet two, apparently those servers are still active, wow. but really? only because those levels are forward compatible with three. So right. it's like mm. the technology just agrees. But, um, but yeah, like ultimately like, you're making all this stuff. Will it persist? That is kind of a sad thought, actually. A little bit. That it might like all know, go away though. in ten years. We don't Maybe. know. Yeah. I have that with everything I've done in my career because all of my stuff is online. So you know, it's a very common thing. I think yeah. a yeah. modern, a very modern problem. I don't yeah. say I went to art school for four years. Everything I made is gone. I don't feel bad about it. It's really? the stuff. It's the stuff I got from it that, mm-hmm. to me, makes sense. Yeah, because it was all it was all stuff I did in the learning process. Maybe now, if I saw it, I would be like. That wasn't as bad as I thought it was back then. I still have stuff from like yeah. elementary school <laughs> and I like, I love it because it's like, it's fun to look back on it and be like, wow, that sucks. This is great. Do you live close to where you grew up? No, I, I grew up in Chicago. Oh, okay. Well, wow. like it's fun going say, home that, because then I'll just like dig through oh. all that stuff again and be like, wow, I made that thing and it was so bad. Yeah. Where in Chicago? Deerfield, North suburb. Mm. Are you from Chicago? My dad's from Chicago. Uh, do you know where? Do you know where? Like what part? Well, my par- my grandparents live in Geneva now. Okay. And uh, yeah. my dad grew up in Bartlett and Elgin. Okay. I don't know that area. It might be West Side. It's like, it's like, anyway, or I within. like Chicago. <laughs> but yeah, I, uh, it, that is a question. Like what happens to your stuff when the technology isn't supported anymore? But mm, yeah. Well, I mean, we're all going to die. Definitely. <laughs> Stay tuned to GameSpot for the dreams review. It's not by Peter. <laughs> Or me no. or anybody here, no. but it'll. Be Can we make sure it's spearheaded or like pinned at the end with "We're all going to die"? <laughs> Quote Peter. No matter die. what, man. The review should have been made in dreams. That's actually oh, that's wow. Should have been an interpretive. Yeah. Should have been an interpretive review. Shit. <laughs> Didn't I? It's so meta. They made the scorecard. Oh, Did I just in- subconsciously pull that idea? 
They did do that. No, I think I, I yeah, think, yeah. They well, they made that score in dreams and in like that was that was Simon Cardi, friend of the that's cool, friend of the podcast. Good on you, Simon Cardi. Good on you, Simon. He also made a piece of cheese. And he's been really excited and hoping that someone would take his cheese and dreams and use it in that's, something else. That's the other thing. You yeah. don't even have to make a whole game. You can just make one thing you and, and see what people do with it. Oh, really? You can make assets for it? You can yeah. make audio. You can make yeah. animation. Like, yeah, like yeah. you can just, it's basically like uh, the Unity store, but mm-hmm. on the But free. And then you, you get credited in it. In yeah. every game or every dream that uses it, it, yeah. it you're in the credits. Oh, wow. Yeah, you that's don't. So, yeah. Whoa. So people could take your. You could cheese. make bad art, you could make bad cheese, and then yeah. someone could take it, remix it, and mm-hmm. you know. Wow. And, know. Sense, and, and yeah. then you you show up, yeah. Mm. It's like so the ultimate internet alone. game, in a way. Yeah. It's very, <laughs> very cool. It seems like a very special game. All right, let's talk about news. Uh, so obviously we're going to talk about Animal Crossing in a little bit. Uh, Sony has pulled out of PAX East. Yeah. I've never been to a PAX. Uh, I've been PAX adjacent before. They're all right. I've never been to a PAX. So the PAX East, uh, which is February 27th to March 1st in cold, cold Boston, uh, they've pulled out because of fears of coronavirus, um, which sucks, especially if you're going to PAX East just yeah. to play Last of Us Part 2 because they were going to have hands on there. Um, yeah. Sony Interactive Entertainment made a statement said, we felt this was the safest option as the situation is changing daily. You're disappointed to cancel our participation in this event, but the health and safety of our global workforce is our highest concern. Yeah, and given And, like, and also the gamers. PAX East is too big. It's fine. Just go to PAX West. It's better. But also... <laughs> Don't I, at I, me. You know, I think it's it's a fair thing when it's like... Yeah. Yeah. A, a, ga- a large gathering is an unpredictable... I mean, Mobile World Congress in Barcelona was fully canceled too. Yeah, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, That's huge. They, I was reading something about it because it was something to do with their insurance. They needed um, the government to announce it as a as a as an emergency. Right. Yeah. They can't just obviously cancel a massive trade show it's without a losing conference. a ton of money. And yeah. yeah. They cancel Mobile World Congress. Wow. But yeah, like uh, I mean. Paxis is like huge and gets so many people. It's it's a shame though, because like I saw Neo Two was playable and some other games. I'm sure people were really looking forward to. So it's got to be like a huge shame if you're planning on going. But it is it is understandable. Yeah. I mean, I th- you go Put to Pax and it's like it's a roll store. of the dice if you're going to get the Pax Pox or Pax Plague. Yeah. <laughs> like it really like is just like just yeah, it's like roll the dice. Are you going to get it or not? And like who knows with like mm. you know coronavirus going around. Nice thing though is there's going to be a ton of good games there otherwise. Like Sony's stuff missing out is like, yeah, yeah, but maybe spend that time looking at things you wouldn't normally. Yeah. I mean, I guess at the end of the day, it's usually about like third party developers, really, and indie developers. Like, there's so many yeah. good indie games that like, deserve more attention at those cons. Yeah, that that's primarily what we try to do when we go there from the editorial team, anyway, is like, we know you know the big games already. You don't need us to tell you about those necessarily, but. Here's some stuff that you just we really don't always have the bandwidth to talk about. So. There's been times where I've like I've gone to PAXs and like gotten games on my radar that I wouldn't have maybe known about. And then, you know, being the person who decides what games get reviewed, it's nice to have like I mean, I like going to PAXs because I'm like I just get hands on with games and mm. I'm like, oh, you know, that was really cool. I am going to make this. sure we prioritize that. I mean, because obviously, like we can't review everything. But, yeah. um, so it's nice to have those hands-on with smaller games to kind of get a sense of, like, is this something that makes sense for us to do? Do you think anyone else is going to pull out? Because Sony pulling out is pretty huge. Yeah, sure. They They're also pulled out of company, E3, though. so I don't know. Who knows? Mm. 
Yeah. I guess it just depends on how badly, you know, they spend all this money already, right? It's just like how badly do you want to keep marketing? I mean, I guess you don't have to, you can cancel flights in hotels, but still you bought you the space. To, yeah, you have to pay for floor space. Right, floor space yeah. is the most expensive part by far. You probably already pay for the, like, the booth and everything, which is also super expensive. I mean, so. how much time will have been put into making that playable, right. that demo, like polishing that demo? Oh, it's, I feel bad for the developers, the dev mm. team, actually. Because are there any other events? Well, I was going to say, like, we could hear something else, like, happening with that. Put right? it on yeah. the PlayStation Store. Sure, maybe. Yeah, sure. I mean, I'm sure, demo. The, yeah, I'm sure those demos will be going around regardless for a while. Mm. I remember when uh, Last of Us Part 1 came out, and that was when, still in the age of debug yeah. PS3s, we had a disc that had... Um, oh, yeah. It was a debug disc with the demos yeah. of Last of Us on, and it was um, the town, the bit with Bill... Um, and that was just like the demo and it was awesome and you could have it and play it in the comfort of your own home didn't even have to go to a trade show you know like the other thing with PAX though is like they have stuff like what you're talking about Callie like the PAX 10 that they do mm-hmm. where like it really showcases like games that end up being big like the Maw was from PAX 10 which is by the guys who made um Explosion Man uh, they made like a couple other really big indie games Miss Explosion Man and then yeah Miss Explosion Man yes um and then also i think like the first time shovel knight was shown was at pax mm. so like there are games that just mm. really blow up that first appear at pax i think so. disco elysium was the same yeah 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 uh, 10 game great game great game excellent game. not a, not a great game <laughs> 10 out of 10 games about that which is what just matters <laughs> that's why i played it <laughs> that's fine. at least you gave it a shot mm. i i gave it a full shot i finished the you game finished no game is for everybody, but Disco Elysium is excellent. So <laughs> I don't know if you're saying this to like to screw me if you played it. I don't. I can't tell. Did you play Disco Elysium? A hundred percent. Okay. What'd you think of it? I loved it. I'm I sh- being serious. I mean, we no, gave it a fine. ten out of ten, but also like I. I just I found the writing so pretentious. It bothered me. I, like I mean I don't know. Like I was just annoyed. It's like. Do you have a friend who like thinks they know it all and they use big words just for the sake of using big words, but they don't sound any smarter for using it, it's just they think they do? This game is the embodiment of that friend to me. Well, see, I, I think Disco Elysium knows the meaning of the things it's saying, though, which would be the difference between that kind of person and the game. I mean, I think it does, too, but I think those, the person who does that knows the meaning of those words. It's just more, it just sounds pretentious because they don't need to do it. I don't know. Hmm. I just... I'm glad that you loved it, and I fully stand by GameSpot's 10 out of 10. Fully stand by it. Why? <laughs> you don't have to. <laughs> you don't have to. Because I'm teasing you. Um, I don't know. It's just like I, I, it just wasn't for me, and that's fine. I know like yeah. a lot of people love it. Like I was talking to my roommate about it, and I was like, I think it'd be more up his alley. And I was like, honestly, like I'd recommend he play it. And like yeah. RPG I, mechanics of it are good. I totally was just messing with you. I, you are free to not like the game. No. I just no, I'm not. <laughs> We just we talked about it so much oh, during our end of the year podcast stuff. Did you? Because like like Jake loved it. Yeah, and yeah. yeah. We talked Damn. about it a lot, which is so it's more a. Joke I'm for, really the outsider, the outcast here because you're saying like everybody loved it so much. <laughs> Actually, Ooh. it's becoming it's a middle. Okay it's becoming a middling show on HBO. I regret. Do they just spend too much time now focusing on the outsider? Oh. Just with the camera. They're doing... Oh, this, they, they did that a lot they're in the first five episodes. In the they're doing the, oh, God, we signed up for 10 episodes, and I don't know if we yeah. can do that. Mm. It's, um, it's frustrating. Sure. I, yeah. I hope it, they'll land the ending. Uh, other news. This is a Peter Brown suggestion. <gasps> Nintendo Virtual Console mm. is adding, so... <laughs> mm. uh, SNES. Uh, so, yes, mate. 
I'm British. Snez. I'm British, I'm going to say. Arr. So, free SNES and NES games for Switch Online. Are you the official? I, I genuinely haven't heard of any of these because I never had either of these consoles growing up. Sure. I didn't either. Yeah. What? That was what? A, an air. We high five. High five. I had PC, uh, PlayStation One, PS Two. Okay. Then- I, I had a Genesis. Yeah, I mean, there's the Genesis people. I I was lucky. Like I I got Super Nintendo first, but then I saved up for like a year of my allowances to get a Sega Genesis. So I was able to have both. Oh. See, my at that point in my life, my parents just we had a Genesis. We had it because they wanted it. Both of my parents mm. played games. That's why so, we had a PC because yeah. my dad uh, wanted to play things like That's why Tomb had, Raider and Worms. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, my dad was. A, my dad bought a new PC just also, because Worms his PC wouldn't, wouldn't run Worms, so he bought a whole new PC just for it. Love Your that. dad sounds like a good guy. He is. Uh, I bought him. It was actually very sweet for Christmas. He asked me for some games that were like Mist, yeah, and Riven. So yeah. um, I set him up with a Steam account, um, and I bought him The Room One and Two. Yeah, good choices. Um, the there was there was a game that the people who made Mist made um, in like 2011. Yeah, I can't remember the name. Unfortunately, his PC doesn't run it. Mm. He's annoyed. Uh, it got um, Portal One and Two. Yeah, because you could tell there was a sale on. I got him like seven games, and then the other one was that game that's basically Mist, where you're sort of like a robot. Yeah, and you um, move things around and I have very portally. Oh, it begins with like a T. Is it a T? I don't remember. It's going to come back to me sort of midway through. Um, I, th- I think I know what game you're talking about. But like, have have you played Room Escape games? Your dad that the, like the room is kind of like, as in not escape rooms that you go to in real life, but Room Escape games like Crimson Room or Viridian Room. Oh no. Okay, here's your recommendation from me to your dad. To my dad to Nick that James. I think like take back to him. New- these are free Flash games: mm-hmm. Neutral Escape and Mild Escape. Search for those Ooh. online. Mm-hmm. Like they're so good puzzly type of games like this but you're stuck in a room and just have to figure out how to get out and that's Ooh, it yeah he'd be so they're, they're so good it's like the room took from that genre mm-hmm. but like yeah those two specifically mild escape and neutral escape i think are the best i love escape rooms i'm really really passionate about Not them i'm so excited so about that's this. why you like 999 so much yeah yeah okay even though the escape rooms in 999 aren't very good i just like the story of it they're like it's a bad escape room game with a cool story <laughs> What? I said drag him. Drag him. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I can't remember the name of that game, and all I can hear in my head is Transdermal Celebration by Ween, because it sounds... Ah, Ween. Yeah. Yes. Like... Talos Principle. Talos Principle. I knew there was a T. Mm. Thank you, Talos Principle. We got there. But anyway, Transdermal Super Sound. Nintendo. So, <laughs> I've I never heard of any of these here. games. <laughs> Peter Brown, please tell us about these games. So, Poppin' Twin B. It's a Konami shooter. That's fine. It looks great if you have a friend to play with. It looks like a great co-op shooter game to me. Sure. Top down. It's fine. I play I play a lot of shmups. Okay, I won't Shmup. play it with Twin you. Twinbee is a bit basic yeah. in my realm. Smash Tennis? <laughs> a fine game that didn't get released in the US. Oh. Uh, Shadow of the Ninja. Okay, this is the one to get excited about. I've been wanting to play this for a long time, actually. This is a great... Yeah. Talk about good co-op game. This, okay. Ninja Gaiden was sort of like the blueprint for 8-bit ninja games. Like There were a lot of other ninja games on the NES. Ninja Gaiden was the one that really stuck. And Shadow of the Ninja is like, okay, what if we refined it, made it less bullshit, and we sort of like added a bit of like uh, like, like urban, like cybernetic, like kind of 
Uh, je uh, ne sais quoi. Yeah, no, yeah. The, 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 like the the vile kind of like you know, uh, dirty, grimy, sinister. <laughs> it, there's a bit of a there's more of a sinister flair to it, I suppose. Um, none of your verbs, none of them. It, okay, none of your adjectives. For all my my people out there, it's like a Taito game made by Natsume. So, so I understood half of that. Okay, first of all, Ninja Gaiden bullshit. Yeah, that's true. That's well, very the, true. The first two games are great. Three takes it to an extreme. Three is stupid. Yeah. That so, doesn't count. But like, yeah, I, I like, I've made it a habit of collecting all the ninja games on the NES because there was a game I loved when I was a kid that I rented from Blockbuster and I never found it again. And I remembered it having a ninja. So I bought every ninja game and I missed Shadow of the Ninja. It's and like, it turns out the game was Jackie Chan Kung Fu. Like Jackie oh, yeah, Chan. Oh, sure. A surprisingly I, good game. I have to say, I'm, I'm bursting out the seams. So you got Ninja Gated One, Ninja Gated Two, Ninja Gated Three, and Cruising USA. Yes, that's for Lucy. Thank you. I really appreciate that. <laughs> oh, it's if the, you know, you know. We have mentioned yeah. it on like so many episodes, and we won't tell the audience. What it is. <laughs> Most people know what we're referencing. Most people know. must know because it's iconic. So anyway, Ninja Shadow of the Ninja is a wonderful game. Or <laughs> yeah, Shadow of the Ninja. You should get. Uh, it's not. You should buy it on your NES. It's I, not yeah, I'll take your recommendation. Yeah, it's actually, like, it's free. I collect. Oh, I know. Uh, well, it's not I actually free. collect now like box NES games and Super Nintendo games. Oh, I'm sorry. So I'll take it. Why? Well, yeah, it's cardboard expensive. is it's the, a very expensive hobby. Cardboard is the scariest thing. Do, can I sell you some games? <laughs> yeah. Are you sure you want them complete? Do you have them on NES and SNES? I have like 90 NES games for sale. They're not complete though. Uh, yeah. As long as it has the box, that's really what I'm looking for. No, just carts. Oh, I was saying the box. I'm, I'm collecting well, the box. Well, that's what I mean when I said I'm not complete. Like, I said cardboard scares but me. But maybe you don't have the instruction manual. I don't know. I have some instruction manuals, but no, I don't like boxes. They terrify the shit out of me. What's in the box? What's it? Uh, it's uh, a... <laughs> that's all I got. And also, eliminate a jewel. I gotta, I gotta oh, ask about that. Oh, so that's actually a pretty, that. pretty decent game. Yeah, it literally, it's like two, like, speedboats kind of racing, like, throwing things at each other. Um, so, I missed what these games are they're the free snes nes games it's not free if you're for, a nintendo online subscriber oh, if you're on, they get online, added okay. to your sort of allotment of games i'm on tam's so. family plan tam the family plan, plan. <laughs> uh, i would i would advise you and and i'm saying this yeah. as, as someone who's been collecting games for almost 20 years you should watch not for resale this new documentary that just came out yeah it'll give you some introspection regarding collecting not to diminish why you want your nes games complete because it's not to sell them right it's just for me but why because i look at my collection and it's games that mean a lot to me and it makes me happy every nes game means a lot to you the ones that i buy i don't buy every nes game. oh i'm sorry i thought you wanted every nes game no no okay okay i just just buy the ones that mean a lot to me but yeah i'll still buy it watch it it's a good documentary it definitely like i'm so sort of like i was gushing about hardware before i've gotten to the point where it's like my collection was never about quantity. It was always about quality, like games that I would like to play eventually if I haven't played them already or ones I love a lot. Now I just want to keep the ones I love a lot and really focus on the hardware. But this documentary really focuses in on the why people collect, why people run use video game stores, yeah, and sort of how they survive and rationalize that within the modern gaming landscape where nostalgia is so powerful mm. it's a it's a pretty interesting look mm. um but I, i'm glad you're not collecting everyone no nah. because otherwise that's i would say i don't have the money for talk. that man no i know yeah that's ridiculous yeah it's but, like yeah like maybe once a year i'll go buy like three games because yeah. it's like a hundred bucks a game for like an old game yeah sometimes sometimes it's less right yeah, yeah some yeah. well 
depending on the game. Like Chrono Trigger was like 150, 200 yeah, bucks. Sure, sure. Worth the box, but. I got really yeah. lucky once I was on the Bombcast. We were talking about my game collecting and they were like, what's your white whale? And it's like, it's not the most rare, expensive thing. I just want a mint box copy of Super Metroid. That's my, it's one of my favorite games. When I think of a retro game, it's like the one I kind of, mm-hmm. that's the iconic one for me. I got an email from the audience member like two days later. It was like, hey, I heard you on the Bombcast. I have a box that I flattened when I bought it back in the 90s. Do you want it? And I was like, I mean, I pay you for it. He's like, no, I don't. I, Anyway, we went back and forth a lot, and finally was yeah. like, "Sure, mm-hmm. I, I I have a mint day one Super Metroid box, and it just means the world to me." Mostly hey, giant was- bombcast! If you want to have me on, <laughs> so I can have that viewer that's hit me up. Incredible! Wow. Yeah, that's really cool. are so it was, nice. It was pretty yeah. special. People are super yeah, nice. so it's like a it's like a dual sort of thing for me. You right? know, it's like one man's garbage, another man's treasure. You know, yeah. he was that's selling really cool. his stuff. He was like, "I yeah. just." I got the sense that this would mean a lot to you, and that's that's why I want that to give it to so you. Sweet. Yeah. Did you know Super Metroid is Jake's favorite game? Jake? Yeah. Who's Jake? Decker. <laughs> um, I had a similar experience. Shout out to Errol Moss. Um, I had talked about on a podcast forever ago um, how I had lost my ancient Mew card. Oh. And he got me an ancient Mew. Oh, yeah. That's Aww. wonderful. Perfect condition. That's wonderful. Yeah. It was just, I, I, like, I think that is one of the most thoughtful things is like, mm mentioning something offhand and people are like you know what i think you would really like that even if yeah. it's not off, if, if you were asked directly and somebody's like you know what i have that thing and i don't need that thing mm. like that is that is so uh, such a beautiful story to me i was shocked yeah. when i looked at it it was one of those things where it's like do i need to go through the steps to verify that this is real so i know it's real yeah because if mint one almost looks like the reproduction yeah ones, of course right? but yeah but I, I mean i've been around this stuff intimately for mm-hmm. so long and there's really just a couple telltale signs and it was like, this is it. This is the real fucking thing. Like, That's so cool, man. And Congrats. Yeah, it's like one of those things that I will never sell, not because someone gave it to me because of the game it is. Right, know? yeah. yeah. Um, I wonder what yeah. that would be for me. I got, hmm. Not that it matters. I'm just more introspecting. That's a good uh, podcast question. Yeah. yeah. So what's your gaming white whale in terms yeah. of like the, the game that you want or the, the bo- figure Ooh. that you know? So acid.podcast at gamespot.com if you want to email what's a gaming white whale. Yeah. Because, uh, kind of funny do a nice thing when the vita was mm. like they do this thing where they get people who are looking to get the platinum trophy and things they'll yeah. kind of say and they'll hook people up mm-hmm. so that'd be nice to do what yeah. is yours lucy my gaming white whale mm-hmm. there is um hmm i don't know actually i've never really thought about because yeah, i'm not it takes thought i d- i yeah, I'll come back to this next week because I've never really thought about it. Because, yeah. I mean, having having moved so many times, I've become pretty ruthless at culling. Yeah. Right. I got rid of all of my yeah. gaming uh, boxes, for mm. example, and I just have a big disc um, sleeve. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I actually have I have an answer, but I it's like I had an answer because I got it. Um, I never I like I've never been like I don't need a mint condition thing. Um, but I used to buy every Pokemon game. Like I used to. Like, I would get red, blue, and yellow. Yeah. I did not have friends, and I would trade with myself. And my brother wasn't into Pokemon, so, like, eventually, like, he, like, I got Sapphire and he got Ruby, but then I inherited his Ruby because he didn't really play it. Anyway, um, I always wanted a Pokemon Green, because that was, like, the one Pokemon game Mm. I could get here. Yeah. Um, And my last trip to Japan, I got a boxed copy of Pokemon Green. Was it from Super Potato? It was not from Super Potato. It was from a random game store in Shinjuku. Nice. Congratulations. Um, yeah, I was so excited. Yeah. And uh, John Luke got me a box copy of Pokemon Yellow. So I think the last one I would really want is Crystal, because Crystal's my 
favorite, like from a nostalgia purpose, is the first Pokemon game you could play as a girl. Mm. It was really important to me. I, it was actually the first Pokemon game I played because I didn't want to play a game until I could play as a girl. And then I went back and played Red, Blue, and Yellow. I was like eight. I was just like, oh. like I want to be girl, and I was upset. I don't mm. know. I've always been. I've always been like this. And uh, I think. Lastly, it's all Pokemon. I um I don't have black or black two. I only have white and white two, but mm. they're like a hundred dollars or something. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Weird. Why they're are they hundred really expensive? I don't know. The DS Pokemon games are really expensive. Are you talking like really? New? Like they're really hard to get. The, I, let me um, help you because that doesn't sound right to me. Okay. <laughs> I hate to be that guy who's like, let me no, let me mansplain how to get by this no, game. No, I like, would I love just, your help. I would absolutely love your. I'm so, befuddled so, by this. Heart gold and soul silver. If you want them with a Poke Walker, it's like three hundred dollars. Oh, wow. super expensive. Mm. I still have my original heart gold. I could sell mine on. Hey, because yeah. I. Mine is just gathering dust at my mom's place. Yeah, mine's at my parents' place. But um, you don't know that your mom is just there pl- using that, playing those games. <laughs> <laughs> getting re- those steps in. I regret not getting Black and Black 2 because they there's a like a different location in Black and White. Yeah. And I prefer the city mm. thing. And I'm trying to remember which one I got. That generation is like, it's based on New York and um, yeah. in a lot of ways. Anyway, that's the last one I, I really mm. want. Should we talk about Animal Crossing? Let's. Let's. So out of all of us here for transparency, you're the only one who's watched the direct. Um, was it everything you hoped for and more? Um, I would say like I was actually very nervous about New Horizons. Ooh. I was worried it would be up until now. I was worried it would be too similar to Pocket Camp. Um, I didn't. I really fell off of Pocket Camp and it's because of the um it's really hard to explain the subtle differences between like a main Animal Crossing game and Pocket Camp. Uh, was cr- Pocket Camp the one that was on the cell phones? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, and it's it's like a part of it is because it had like the mobile like microtransaction thing. Like you have to wait five hours for this thing to happen. And it's like in main Animal Crossing games, you have to wait because it's real time, but mm. it doesn't feel the same. Yeah, it feels and so very it's, different. It's a very intangible thing to me, and I, I don't quite have the vocabulary to like fully, because I didn't play enough pocket, pocket Camp to fully explain what didn't click with me. But part of it was the emphasis on like friendship with villagers, and so um, that's something I was concerned about in New Horizons, the, the deserted island mm. theme. Like I really like Animal Crossing because my, my whole life, I wanted to move to like a farm, like get away from I I I get, I'm gonna sound really bratty for a second. I grew up by the beach. I hate the beach. I hate I hate swimming. I'm super pale. I can be out in the sun for like 15 minutes. And I just wanted to live like in a forest. I wanted to go somewhere with trees. I didn't have any trees on the street I grew up on. And so I was so drawn to Animal Crossing because it was it was like a a, a town that my dad grew up in in, in the Midwest. Mm. Um, it's so like it's, Harvest Moon would be your jam too. It sure is. Yeah. And like I said earlier, Stardew Valley is one of the Yeah, Stardew Valley. Yeah. Um, and so I was nervous about the island thing because I was just, I, that's just never, I've never wanted to like move to paradise. Like my dream is moving to a farm in the middle of nowhere and being like, look at all those cows. Like I just am not, I'm not like, I can't wait to move to Bali. So um, I the the direct, and I also played about half an hour of new horizons um from the very beginning so i just like started in a new island essentially and it, it really assuaged my fears 
um, a lot. I, I, I think one of the biggest things is that the game kind of emphasizes friendship right away. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the biggest things I love about Animal, Animal Crossing is meeting the villagers, villagers in your town and um, slowly befriending them and sending them letters and, and just cute little interactions like that. And um, the like right away you, you uh, get to the island. Basically the, the premise is Tom Nook has a new corporation where he has kind of like a timeshare on this island where he's like, come let's <laughs> live on this deserted island together. It's my new business venture. And um, it's only you and two other villagers to start, mm-hmm. which is fewer villagers than you would start with in a previous animal. Cause company. usually it was like five, right? It's, yeah. Something it's like five. Like that. Yeah. yeah. And I think the max is like eight or something. Mm. Um, so it's only two. I got Deirdre and Kevin. Mm. So for those who know, Deirdre, Deirdre, she's beautiful. The graphics are really good. Anyway, <laughs> I'll get there. Um, but you, you like the first thing is like, we're going to have a big, um, like ceremony to welcome everybody. And we're going to work together. And we're going to have this like little party because we have, only have each other here and like we're like we're gonna build our relationships here and i it, it sounds silly that like just the the dialogue that these animals give you can set that tone but it really does and i was like okay everything's gonna be okay and i was worried about the crafting but um it doesn't replace the things that that you're used to in animal crossing like checking the store every day for new furniture um one of the things that we learned in the direct is that you can upgrade to buildings like the nook's cranny Able Sisters, the museum is confirmed. Uh, the campsite from the New Leaf DLC. Yeah. Um, the museum is what I care about the most you, by far. Basically, you're not just moving to a deserted island and like ditching everything. You're building your own Animal Crossing village up, and you can still like go to the next cranny and buy furniture. And there's going to be furniture there that like you can't craft. So it's not like everything you just craft, mm. um, which is the case in Pocket Camp, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's like little things that that like that made me. Like, okay, I, I'm fully excited now. So, I was nervous, now I'm excited. So how did the crafting system work exactly? So it's you get like a Nook phone, like a smartphone, and the game's really cute. It's like, do you own a smartphone? Because obviously there's gonna, be, <laughs> you know, there's, gonna be, there's gonna be children who have never used a smartphone before. Yeah. Um, and so you can be like, oh, I already have one, um, which I thought was really cute. But it's like the Nook phone, and of course Tom Nook. Tom Nook is like the world's biggest capitalist. He like <laughs> provides you the phone and stuff. And one of the apps is the DIY app. Mm. And at the beginning, you you eventually can upgrade this building to the town hall, but you get like resident services. And you go there and Tom Nook hosts uh, free workshops mm. where he teaches you how to DIY. And then uh, from once you take the first one, you can then like you'll get a DIY recipe that'll be like, here's how you craft a workbench. And then you can upload that to you can like learn the recipe and it's in your app. Nice. Yeah. Um, but I, I actually like how the phone is integrated. It kind of sounds like too contemporary or something. Mm-hmm. But there's like a you get like nook mileage points, like a typical like airline mileage thing from like. Oh, I talked to everybody today. I get miles. And then the miles can be used to pay off your debt because you took this trip like a timeshare. <laughs> and so you got to use your miles to pay off the airplane fees. Of course you do. do. You Peter f- is going to die. <laughs> <laughs> I just... Uh, just not your cup of tea. No, I, I, I like the first Animal Crossing. I just haven't... Uh, what is it? I don't know. It hasn't like washed over me the way that like it, I feel like it has some people. Mm-hmm. So maybe the Switch one will do it for me because you know it's been I a love, long time since I've really tried. Yeah, I love the uh, 
the Doom Twitter account basically yes. standing Animal Crossing. Oh, really? Yeah, they've yeah. really... Because obviously they come out on the same day and the Doom oh, Twitter account is really right. leaning into it. Yeah. Oh, Smart of the, them. The yeah. Doom subreddit, people are like making Animal Crossing like Doom crossover art. That's oh. great. And it's really wholesome. Good. We have a whole article about it, like compiling some of the best yeah. um, fan art. But like... It's really wholesome how the Doom community is like, we're going to hell. And then like the Animal Crossing community is like, capitalism, you're already here. Ah. Yeah, we're, we're going to hell in a different way. Um, yeah, and uh, it, it's interesting because the direct starts with like this recap of stuff we already knew. Mm. But if you weren't like really paying attention, you probably didn't know some of it. Um, one of the things is that like you can choose for the first time whether you're in the Northern or Southern Hemisphere. That's oh. something they mentioned Kind of offhandedly. So you have to the, choose which way the toilet flushes. Exactly. All right. Um, that's something they mentioned kind of offhand during uh, like a treehouse stream after the direct during E3 2019. Mm -hmm. And they literally are just like, you can choose. And then like they kind of brush past it. I watched, I rewatched it today just to be sure. Nice. And, <laughs> but I think it's really cool because I was thinking about, you know, we have a whole team of colleagues in Australia. And I'm like, I don't think any of them are particularly into Animal Crossing. But if they were, for the first time, it's like, oh, it's winter when it's winter for me. Right, nice. exactly. Um, and that's one of the things that is cool about the real-time stuff in Animal Crossing is you're like, like I, I really like wintertime. I got um, Wild World was my favorite Animal Crossing for a really long time. I played it every day for like two years. And I first got it for Christmas. So wintertime uh, doesn't feel complete with an without Animal Crossing to me. Mm. I'm so excited I like can't even speak. Um, <laughs> and it's it's just, it. I think that's important for other people too. And it, it's nice to see Aww. one of those choices. But they also had new stuff in the direct. Do you feel like there's more to do throughout the day? Because that was the one thing I ran into with Animal Crossing is like I play for five minutes and be like, I guess that's it. I guess I'm done. So mm -hmm. yeah, I'm just curious. Um, I think one of the big things that like one of the new things they revealed is um, you can it's, it's called the Island Designer app, I believe. And it's um, basically a construction mode you can enter into and mm. you can basically terraform your island. So you can like, oh, I don't like that the cliff is here. I'm going to add more land so it the land stretches out longer or I'm going to add a river here. Mm. You, you can change the terrain of the island for the first time and like... I could spend so much time making it perfect. Like one thing, one of my biggest regrets in life, in life, was resetting my Animal Crossing New Leaf Town after a breakup because oh. I was like, all my villagers are talking about you. And, well, it was weird because I broke up with him, but I was just yeah. like, I need a new start. And I restarted my Animal Crossing town and I never settled on a new town i was Aww. always because you can like look at the map ahead of time yeah. and be like i'm gonna choose this one and they still have that in this you can choose between yeah like four options i just never found one that was perfect for me i was so picky yeah. and now like you can literally just be like you know what i don't like that this river is here anymore i'm gonna fix it uh, bye i went through an animal crossing breakup and after the breakup i like went into my ex-girlfriend's Animal Crossing house and stole all of her stuff. Sick. <laughs> and then we got back together a couple <gasps> months later and she was like, where's all my stuff? And I was like, uh, I don't know. That's crazy. Like, I bet, like, <laughs> like wow, like, Bob is really off the shits. Like, yeah. <laughs> you're really going for it. Um, Tom Nook really repossessed all your shit. That's crazy. She just has some of the collections that I needed to complete. I was like, I need that to complete my collections. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, that's... That's very relatable. But yeah, so I, I, one of the big things, and I know how this sounds, 
is paths, creating paths. So I don't know if you ever created a path in your town in previous Animal Crossing games. I don't know if you did this. I haven't, did you? No. So it didn't start in, it wasn't on GameCube. In Wild World, I think starting in Wild World, or no, maybe City Folk, you could, um, like, if you ran over the same places, it would wear down the grass. Mm-hmm. So grass wear was introduced as a mechanic. Yeah. And you could, um, if you, like, ran along the same paths, you could create your own art of, like, oh, these are my special paths. Only walk on these. (laughs) Or you could get patterns Mm. of, like, bricks and then, like, stand in a place, select, go to patterns, hit the pattern you want, place, and then move and do that. And it was, like, the most painful thing. Mm. I I did this. Like, I... (laughs) You you survived. I lived through (laughs) it, but, I like, I spent so much time being, like... And then if you wanted a new pattern and you got a new one and you downloaded a new one, all, like, like, oh, I got a new shirt. Now all of your... All of the bricks are shirts. Like, it was the worst. Bullshit. (laughs) Uh, No, no. Are you you serious? Thank you. Yes. So anyway, through the Island Designer app, there's now just like a separate path menu and you can easily lay paths and then make them curved or squared. People are going to go ape shit for that. (laughs) But what if I want brick shirts? You can still have brick shirts. Okay. What about shirt bricks? Shirting bricks right now. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, those were some big things. There's a a tool selection wheel, like a weapon wheel. Mm. Tool time. It's tool time. It's tool time. And it's unlockable. You, I, There's like stuff you can unlock as rewards through the Nook mileage program. I'm hit, I've am i hit platinum status in the uh, the Nook mileage program. <laughs> I have a special Nook like miles. Nook miles card. Hooked on Ooh. Nook. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so you can like unlock. Stuff. And the one Nook of the, high club. <laughs> <laughs> one of the things you can unlock is a tool selection mm-hmm. wheel, like a weapon wheel. So you don't have to like click through the d-pad or go into your menu it's like little stuff but i'm so pumped mm. and as everyone is aware the villagers can wear long sleeve shirts now finally <sighs> our prize have been ended it gets cold in deserted islands in the tropics sometimes you yeah. need a long sleeve well, shirt some of them are in the northern hemisphere yeah all right let's get on to listening questions let's what? speed through these because we've been going okay. for like an hour okay. and 20 and also we're having a like a, a night yeah, out. Yeah, we really gotta work. go. And also, I'm wearing high waisted jeans. I've had a beer. Me too. I need to pee. Oh, you too. Okay. Oh, we all need to pee. Okay. <laughs> if you're not wearing high waisted jeans, I, I have undone I? the top button. I don't know if anyone saw me subtly do that. Um, that's my you're new, subtle. My life hack. Uh, so email us afterdogpodcast at gamespot.com. I know that I looked, even though we say it every week. I feel bad. Uh, this isn't a question. This is um. This is a iTunes review. Please review us on iTunes, especially <laughs> if you leave great reviews like this one, which is five stars from J Smash. I just want to read it out loud because it really made me laugh. One of my coworkers was being super annoying the other day. So I put in my headphones and started listening to GameSpot after dark. And wow, this podcast works wonders. Not only did it drown out the intolerable voice of my bothersome coworker, but it filled my ear holes with something much more tolerable to listen to. 10 out of 10 would recommend. Deckard and crew are there for you. P.S. It's Fun Fact Friday. Did you know a man named Charles Osborne had hiccups for 68 years from 1922 to 1990? They started after a 300-pound hog fell on top of him while he was getting ready to slaughter it. The hiccup stopped when he was 96, about a year before he died. What a life. P.P.S. I'm not out of characters yet, so here's a bonus fact. Did you know in England... 
In the 1880s, pants was considered a dirty word. Now you know, and knowing is half the battle. Good game and good day. <laughs> Thank you, <laughs> Jay Smash. Smash. Uh, Dave, do you want to read this question from Sean from Houston? Hey, After Dark Crew. Been listening since episode one and I love the show. You guys make my Monday workday that much easier to get through, so thanks. I'm writing it because on last week's episode, Lucy said something that hit me and made me curious. She has misophonia. Did I pronounce that correctly? I don't know. Lucy? I say misophonia. Oh, misophonia. Excuse me. But I've only ever seen it written down. Peter, so I have it, so. Then we have a conversation. We need to have a conversation off Have you been about, dying uh, from us drinking the beers next to you? No, it's so it's, it's actually, I didn't know what it was until a few years ago. Knowing what it was has given me the power to actually be aware of my reactions to it and learn how to cope with it. So and as Jay Smash says, knowing is half the battle. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> From the context, I figured it was about the mouth noises happening and mm-hmm. I Googled it. What the hell? I've been fighting this thing my whole life and never knew it had a name. I get so irrationally angry at people when I hear them eat or drink. I don't mean to and almost never say anything about it because, well, am I supposed to say stop eating? Yes, yes. that's the, yes. the fight that we have. I remember one time I yelled at my then girlfriend to stop eating and then she broke up with me and immediately that's, felt like the absolute <laughs> and immediately felt like absolute dog shit. Luckily she understood. Yeah, she didn't Aww, break up with him it. over this. That's nice. Anyways, this led me to a question for you all. Is there anything that makes you irrationally angry and has it ever <laughs> gotten you in trouble? Callie, thanks for all you do. Keep it up. Sean Houston. I thought their name was Sean Houston. It's Sean from Houston. That makes a lot more sense. But anyway, I maybe for people who didn't listen to last week's episode, misophonia. It's it's the irritation from mouth noises. Um, it's more than that. I mean, it's more. It is a primal. I can't reaction. It's it's like I what I imagine. I don't get it from nails on a chalkboard, but mm. it's that classic. It's repetitive stimulus that you have no control over that sends you into a fit of rage because you fixate upon it. It's a form of OCD. Mm. Is it? I didn't realize yes. it was that deep. I just thought it was not liking mouth noises because well, I, I I I'm fine with some eating sounds, but there are things that just really just send a shiver down my spine. Like yeah. what eating sounds? Crunching. Okay, so Crunching. no Captain Crunch around you. Um, no Rice Krispies. Like nuts. Mm-hmm. So, um, so for me, like I have it. Crunching doesn't bother me. Mm-hmm. That's not the sort of thing. It's the, it has to do with the repetition. Mm-hmm. So if it's like, if I was like tapping my foot. Yes, yeah. and even if I didn't hear it, if I saw, if I saw it in the corner of my eye, that's enough to trigger it as well. Misophonia mm. translates to the hatred of sound, wow. but it's more than just that. That's why I said stimulus because it can mm. even be visual. Mm. Like for example, my girlfriend used to like like just have like a random like kind of fidget that we had to like work through. Like I had to be like, I'm really upset by what you're doing, and I know it's stupid, but we need to talk about it because if I don't address it, I'm gonna like lose it. And we had to like cope with the like you're being crazy. And I was like, yeah, I know. But this is just what I'm dealing with. Yeah, it's 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 a whole suite of things. For example, my dad used to his jaw used to click, mm. and so it it almost becomes a mental game as well because it's like it's the stimulus, but it's what you do with that stimulus. Mm. So sometimes if it's the the eating thing, it's like oh they don't know what they're doing. What's their problem? Why do they keep doing that? Don't they realize? You almost get this like you want to do it back at them. The only way to cope is to like aggressively do it back. My dad. He used to chew and his jaw would click. I thought he was biting everything super hard. Mm. I didn't know his jaw was clicking. And I used to sit there and just stare at him and be like, 
Listen up, old man. <laughs> <laughs> One of these days. You're just eating bread. Why are you biting it with all your force? Um, it took, my parents never understood what it was. It took wow. 30 years for me to figure it out. Did and you come to them with a the revelation like, oh my God. I did kind of explain it to them, um, but I've had to rationalize it more with myself than anyone else because mm-hmm. it's been a thing that's been very challenging up until the last two years. Mm. So very that challenging. makes both of you irrationally angry. Callie, do you have anything specifically as Sean asked? Um, I mean, I commas. <laughs> what? Commas. Dude. Oh, yeah. Peter knows me too well. So many people don't know how to use commas. And the thing is, <laughs> the thing is, I know that grammar is made up. I know it's made up. I know it's classist <laughs> to care. But <laughs> when, <laughs> when people. Mm, it's like what if you dump you. <laughs> I just I answered a question for her. <laughs> like when the comma <laughs> I have to be so bad, please. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I, I really I I get I can't read anything without editing it. I I it's it, I mean it's part of my job. I edit most of the day. And I the thing is like I'm aware, like I would never judge, I would never be like, you're not smart because you don't know how to use a comma. But I look at it and I'm like, why the why did you put a colon there? That's not where you would do that. Like, how do you and it seems because because the rules of grammar <laughs> the rules right. of grammar seem like math to me. They are so I just know the rules. Like I just know, like <laughs> like you, you know, and I I I'm sorry. <laughs> so is too many commas more annoying or too few commas just any like any like i'm just like how do you not understand i need to be an adult right now and actually leave the room to go to the bathroom I'm so sorry. and i'm jealous i'm hosting this thing i can't do that you go we can't cut we can't I fake don't know. it we can't fake it with a one to a y i mean okay you know. go and then and then no you, let's just do this last, question. Okay, 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 last okay. question can you skip to robert j's question here i yes yeah. it's it's short We'll blast Callie's, Callie's doing it. Hello, After Dark crew. I sometimes record my game sessions, but hearing my voice always deters me from revisiting them. Since this is a podcast, do you ever feel uncomfortable listening to your own voice? Do you do anything to overcome that feeling? Thank you for reading and keep up the good work. Sincerely, Robert J. Um, I, I hate listening to and seeing myself and realizing that I'm a person that other people can perceive. You know? Yeah. You, what you existing like wow other people like like have to like look at me and like see that i am a person i hate uh listening to my voice now because um tam posted a video literally yesterday on twitter of us playing overwatch from 2016 (laughs) and i listened to it and i was like oh my god what's happened to my accent no (laughs) yeah it's it's i sound like a completely different person um, mm. And I can't help that. I'm one of those people who takes in the accents of people around me. Mm. Um, I've obviously lived in America for 18 months. All my friends are American. My boyfriend's American. Like, yeah. everyone's American around me. And so my voice get, takes on these intonations. What? I don't just, know. Just, the just phrase, everyone's American everyone's around American me. Everyone's American around me in this America, United <laughs> wow. States of America. Wow. That, like, I do. I all, but the thing is, I also osmosis accents. And so when Tamora says something to me and I don't hear him, I'm like, well, well. <laughs> I mean, Peter, Peter came in earlier and was like, hello, is this the loo? <laughs> no, I feel so bad, but I can't help it. Yeah, it's, you know, and so I yeah. think listening to your voice, deterring, deterring you from listening to your game recordings, don't let it do that. It's just, it's just exposure. You yeah. keep listening to it, you get used to your own voice. Yeah. It just sounds weird because when you listen to your own voice as you're speaking, you're hearing it 
from inside. Yes. Yeah, and the reason that happens is because you're hearing it reverberating through bone, mm. and when you listen to it back, you're hearing it reverberate through normal sound waves. So you're hearing your own voice through bone. Don't trust sometimes bone. You, metal. Sometimes you also have to remember, like it could be bad mic quality. Like mm. I've been doing I, when I first heard my voice like 15 years ago on a camera stuff, I was like mortified by what I sounded like. But now, like I've been doing stuff on camera and like VO and all that for 10 years, so like. I, sometimes I'm like, wow, my voice sounds like crap, but I know it's a bad mic because I know what my voice sounds yeah. like at this point. And you kind of know and you can tell that too. So that helps. Just, But yeah, like you said, just the more you do it, the more you hear it, the more you get used to it and you're okay with it. Mm-hmm. Unless you're Lucy who loses a really cool accent and turns into a crap accent. Don't I mean, worry. I'm going, I'm going okay. to bring it back. I didn't even know. You sounded like, oh my God, Kath, uh, Kathy Bates? <laughs> <laughs> no! Uh, Moira from Schitt's Creek. Oh, yeah, that's great. Don't touch me. I might pee. (laughs) (laughs) Bursting at the seams. Do you wonder why I'm gripping the chair? All right, let's do plugs and let's all go and use the bathroom because (gasps) I just feel like this is a Grandpa Simpson situation. I'm diabetic. I gotta pee. Okay. Uh, Dave, where can people find you online? Uh, Dave Control YouTube, GameSpot Universe, also YouTube, at the Dave Klein on Twitter. Are you deliberately speaking slowly? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Callie, (laughs) you can find me on Twitter at (laughs) InkyDojiga. I-N-K-Y-D-O-J at K-K-O. If I survive, you can find me at PC Brown on Twitter. (laughs) I'm at Lucy James Games. Uh, Dave, thank you so much for joining us. It's nice having you in San Francisco this week. Um, Thank you, everyone else, for watching. We'll be back again next week. And Jake will be back to have a a steadier hand on the tiller than I've had this week. (laughs) Love you, bye. Bye.